Hello and welcome to the Editing Podcast. We've put together a series of bonus episodes called Point of View, in which we talk directly to authors about their editing and indie publishing experiences. This interview is with Tim Lewis. Tim hosts the Begin Self-Publishing podcast, and he's the author of three time travel novellas, the Time Shock series, three fantasy novels, the Magpie and Magic series, and a non-fiction book called Social Media Networking. We chatted with him at the Atomicon Digital Marketing Conference in March 2019, and just about managed to stop him from interviewing us instead. <laughs> Here he is. <laughs> Two editors walking to a podcast. <laughs> We're live at Atomicon with Tim Lewis. Denise and I have both worked with Tim um, previously on his own podcast, which is called the Begin Self-Publishing Podcast. Yes. But Tim is also a self-published author. And, yes. Um, so you're going to talk to us today. A little, well, first of all, tell us what your books were, Tim. Well, oh, not uh, were. Well, <laughs> it, depends, it depends on whether you considered writing in the past or. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll uh, but they are still available for sale. Mm-hmm. Not many people want to buy them. But we'll link still... to them. We'll link yeah. to them. Um, so, so far I've written seven books. The first three were time travel novellas, originally available as e-books, but now available all bundled together as a nice paperback book. Uh, then I wrote three fantasy novels. Uh, and my last book was about social media networking. So, uh, foray into non-fiction. Yes. yes, and I think, Denise, you featured I in did, that, I didn't did. you? Yeah. I am a little chapter in that. Yes. Yes. So, my first question to you then is, Tim, why wasn't I included? <laughs> I put a Facebook post out asking for submissions, and I I think you might have replied to it, but not actually said that you replied to it. Oh dear, I didn't didn't leverage that, didn't leverage it properly. I think you might have been one of these people who said, oh that's a good idea, and didn't actually say what category you applied to. Okay then, so I'll let you off. So um, Tim, did you use an editor for those books? Yes, though I slightly cheated as it was my mum. Okay. used to work in publishing in the 1960s. Okay, so, so but she had all the skills. Yes, so, um, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting, though, because you were working with a family member, and most times authors, indie authors, are working yeah. directly with editors who, who are strangers, and that brings with it its own stresses because there's trust issues there. But on the other hand, you are dealing with someone who's sort of d- dissociated with the, with the book. There's no, there's no personal connection there. Yeah. So what was the experience like for you? Um... It was, it was interesting, um, it certainly got better over the books. The first book, it was very much trying to set the sort of boundaries as in like, I'm going to take your opinion on this and not on that. Yeah. Generally been pretty good, but um, I mean, this is one of the things I don't feel I could use another editor really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's, in some ways I was kind of like, well, but certainly for the like, non-fiction book, I think it would have been better to use a different editor. Yeah. My mum's experience was more on the fiction side. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right, it's different because the advantage of having a family member or somebody you not, you're not necessarily paying, he says, to edit <laughs> is uh, Not paying? Yeah. <laughs> Did I hear you right there? Uh, it's uh, like the number of passes we went through was like yeah. a stupid number. Like yeah, we had yeah. 12 or 13 passes in the first books. Yeah. Um, that said, for the disadvantage is, yeah, it's like somebody who's not necessarily tailored to the 
particular books you're writing. Like, mm -hmm. my mum was worse with the time travel ones because it's really complicated. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah. so I fell on me to make sure all of the kind of They're continuity. Up, yeah. 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 The structural yeah. um, work you must have done on that must it's, have been. It's yeah. terribly um, complicated. Could, yeah. That could come undone yeah. really easily if you weren't tight on it. Yeah. One of the things we often say to authors is, is that it's good to have somebody who's not, like, like, by all means, show your work to your friends and family, yeah. but you're not necessarily going to get the most objective feedback. Did your mum have any difficulty giving you feedback, or did you find that No, yeah, if you've ever met my mum, <laughs> my mum would definitely, she's quite happy to tell me. <laughs> and what was that? Was that, I mean, you were obviously know your mum really well so you, you that didn't surprise you I take it no 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 and, and it didn't hurt too much oh no some of it hurts but it's, I, I'm, I'm sort of you're thick-skinned I'm thick-skinned yeah, yeah. I've, gone, I've gone through a lot in my life so I'm used to like taking it yeah <laughs> take it and that helps actually because I think from a personality point of view to improve in anything you need to be able to take criticism and not just sort of go off in a big huff and yeah, sit in yeah, the corner for a week. You need to be able to see the constructive element of, of it, don't you, rather yeah. than um, uh, taking it personally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, but I think a lot of that is to do with the relationship between the editor and the person, well, the writer and the person yeah. editing yeah. the book, because yeah. there will be some people who need somebody who's like snowflakes, if you're yeah. like yeah. a snowflake, yeah. Yeah. and if you're a really hard person, then probably a harder person editing yeah. can work yeah. well, so I think that's kind of great. And we that does come back to what we talk about, of finding the right fit. Yeah, it's not about yeah. the best editor, it's about the best fit editor, yeah. that's crucial I think. Not not so much with levels of editing like proofreading, but 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 line and, and, and more yeah. developmental work, um, definitely, yeah. 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 That, that best fit, that just finding, you know, knowing that you can you can get under the author's skin as an editor, but from the author that you feel happy to let the editor yeah. under your skin. Yeah. And, and Tim, um, what have you found, um, moving on to marketing side of things now, yeah. what have you found to be the most effective ways of making your books visible? Well, I'm going to say social media. Mm. That's, the trouble is, there's visible and then there's selling. They're <laughs> not the same thing, yeah. are No, they? Yeah. I mean, my I mean, like that social media networking book that I wrote, it's got 20 people's submissions in it, including Denise. Uh, a fair proportion of those people like really tweeted it out, and I tweet like pictures of everybody all the time and schedule it. And I get lots of retweets, and I get lots of visibility of that number of people actually buy the book on the Mason. Very low. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, books are hard. It's a hard industry to be in because they're low-priced products. Yeah. Uh, it's not like selling a thousand pound course or something no. where you can invest like 600 pound in advertising. I think there's another element as well, especially with um, non-fiction stuff that's sort of marketing and especially social, social media oriented, that there is this kind of little bit of a culture of thinking, I can get all this for free. Yeah. You know, people assume that and actually with most books, there's added value in there, which you're not going to get with the free stuff. Yeah. But it's getting people to sort of like make that jump and actually commit so I think that's where it, it can affect sales a bit yeah. Um, yeah and it's interesting that you had you had a, a considerable social media platform before you yeah. launched that book yeah. and yet you still find the sales of it quite difficult so that's another lesson for self-publishing authors that the platform really needs to be there they need to be creating yeah. that yeah. before yeah they actually publish and it's well, a, it makes it easier and it's a slow it. burn yeah. yeah and also it's like there is a lot about who are your followers? So mm -hmm. I've got about 14,800 followers on Twitter. Mm -hmm. However, that number is deceptive. 
because mm. I'm somebody who follows everybody back on yeah. Twitter. So I went use this tool Twitonomy, which I use to check who's fo- Sorry, uh, what's that called? Twitonomy. Okay. And it basically you can see who's who's not following you and you follow it. So I unfollow people who aren't like who follow me and then I'm unfollowed. Mm-hmm. But I have also to make myself look a bit better in my figures, <laughs> I unfollowed everybody who hasn't tweeted in a year. Right. And I lost you, the, want, you want people who are engaged? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I want my figures to look better on the, the Twitter <laughs> thing, really. Bless him, he's honest, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Um, but I've got 4,000 of those followers are people who haven't used their Twitter account for a year, yeah. out of 14,000. Yeah. Um, and then there's another, there's probably about another two or 3,000 people who haven't tweeted in six months. So there's an awful lot of, you see these numbers, yeah, and actually, mm-hmm. the, like half the accounts, who, you, especially if you had an account for a long time, yeah. half those accounts, like, uh, they're, 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 yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're never going to buy the book because they never look at Twitter, yeah, they yeah. don't use Twitter yeah. anymore. And that's not even count the bots either. You no, know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then within the remaining thing, there were a lot of people, I've been on Twitter chats, I've talked about social media, but I've also talked about books, I've talked about fiction, and maybe people have followed me because they want these fiction books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like, so then you have to split that audience down again, like maybe 20% of that audience are people who would actually be interested in the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not all going to see the, the tweets and things. That's the thing, yeah. yeah. Um, Twitter's such a fast feed as well, compared yeah. to the other social media channels, yeah. I think. It's such a noisy channel and they say that like uh, website conversion it's like those figures are about like two to five percent mm-hmm. yeah so you, you cut all of these things down and you actually realize that you're only getting like 100 people who might actually yeah. from yeah. your social yeah. media yeah. presence yeah and that to, to the to somebody who's inexperienced or isn't mm. aware of that that would be quite mystifying about why they have all these followers but nobody's buying because yeah. they actually haven't looked at how these figures break down yeah. Yeah. and that their actual true market is, is much, much smaller yeah. than the initial figures suggest. Yeah. yeah so it's about educating yourself about yeah. these channels uh, yeah, really, isn't absolutely. it? Yeah. yeah, and also to, like, these processes do work mm-hmm. but they take a lot of effort yeah. uh, and it takes a lot of time. Um, and yeah, I used to spend more effort on marketing my books, and I actually spend a lot more than a lot of other authors oh. do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, certainly quotes from books and things I should be using. I've used that for the pod- my podcast promotion. That works quite well. Yeah. Oh. I see that regularly yeah. on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah your, your podcast, which we can talk about in a minute. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I really like the way that you go about making that visible on on social media because it really draws close attention to sort of just really interesting points that people have said and, and that, that sort of draws people in. Note to self. Yeah. For future episodes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we'll be doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can have an honest quote from me saying about how crap my Twitter following actually is. So let's talk about the Begin Self-Publishing podcast. Yeah. Um, um, how long has that been going? Uh, about three years now, is it I think. Three years? Yeah. Um, and you publish weekly? Um, you no, broadcast? No? I used to do it weekly, okay. up to episode 100, and now I do it once every two weeks. Okay. I think you're allowed to go to once every two weeks when you put 100. Yeah, weeks, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, 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 yeah. That. well, it was just, it was the only thing I was doing. I wasn't writing any books, I wasn't doing anything, I was just doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I will eventually get around to creating a self publishing course at some point. Yeah. And yeah. a social media yeah. course. Uh, so, because that's one of the things about indie authors, so many of them discover that books are hard to sell. Mm. Yeah. But books are a fantastic way into other things. So, like, I got a speaking gig at Cambridge Social Media Day because I had the book. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have got that if I didn't have that book. Yeah. So, lots of authors discover that actually 
they discover business, an online business, and then it's like, oh, maybe I could sell a thousand pound training course a day or something, a day training course or yeah. something like that, rather than having to sell like 500 books. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the book, in fact, we were talking about this with uh, another um, indie author and business owner, uh, um, Antoinette Oglethorpe, and she was talking about how she's used, I asked her yeah. um, about how she go about marketing her books, and she said, Actually, it's more about how I use my books to market my business, yeah. and it is that way of, sort of seeing them as a as a tool in their own right, mm -hmm. um, not just not, not just about using that content to inform readers, but 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 as a way to, to show them other other things that yeah. are going on in the business owner's life. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I mean, I changed the show format recently for the Begin Self Publishing. It used to be I interviewed a guest about a topic, so that's when you guys run it. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm following people through their self-publishing journey, right. so. Ben Roberts is here um, somewhere. I thought somebody looked like him, but he's not. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he's just published his marketing buzzwords book, and he's been like, so I interview him every couple of months about how he gets along with his first book. So that's kind of the format now, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is much more aligned to what the actual show title is about, yeah. rather than yeah. Tim interviews people he likes. <laughs> this is a show. Of, I may do another Tim interviews like yeah. show on LinkedIn. I'm glad we got in there early, <laughs> Denise. Yeah. Well, early-ish. Just um, a great time. Yeah. Well, that's really um, interesting, and so the. Have you found that, I mean, how, how responsive have authors been to, because that, that's kind of putting themselves in quite a vulnerable position potentially by letting, by going through that journey with you. Yeah. Have you found it difficult, or oh, that's the wrong way of putting it, how easy have you found it to persuade people to jump on board with that? It's amazingly easy. Really? People are really keen because they need, and it, it's ironic because I'm the worst person for self-accountability at all. Like, I'm terrible at getting myself to do anything. I had to put the, that social media networking book on pre-order to force myself to finish it. <laughs> right. um, but I'm good at accountability for other people. Mm -hmm. So that is the biggest thing, like, with people in this process. They usually miss the deadlines a little bit, but they at least make an effort, like the week before the interviews come up, yeah. Yeah. to actually get onto the next stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I probably should be more caring and care about their personal journey, but no, it's like, you get the book done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm very much, you do a plan for your book, write the book as fast as possible, do the editing, that process, because that worked for me, but it's yeah. different for other people. Yeah. Um, can I ask a question to the editors? Oh, go on then. <laughs> when, when you have an author who's written a detailed plan, as opposed to somebody who's a pantser and just writes the book as, mm -hmm. do you have a preference for one or the other? Or um, that's I, definitely a question for you. Yeah, I mean, with, with, with my fiction author's work, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm, I don't do story level editing. So I yeah. see the book once it's written, and it yeah. should have been through. It hasn't always been through, but it should have been structurally revised at that point and then I work at line level so I'm, I'll still be smoothing and yeah. looking out for things like repetition and point of view drops but I'm seeing the whole thing I, I'm and some of those I think what I notice is the pantsers if they're inexperienced you know like uh, Harlan Coburn and Lee Child are, are well-known pantsers yeah. but they are really really good structural ed um, self-editors yeah. and, and so that shows and that's why they've got these great global um, um, author platforms. What I see with um, less uh, experienced authors is that they 
they haven't outlined and 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 it and it and it's and they come a cropper because of that because yeah. I can't help them at that stage if if if, if a whole novel's fallen apart because of a, a big plot hole or the point of view is so catastrophically confused um, that needs redraw it needs rewriting mm. it's it's too much to too, too much to fix at, fix at, at line and copy editing level so my answer to that in short is I prefer someone who's outlined um, yeah. I think it's better for them. Yeah. Yeah. If you're good at pantsing, pants. Yeah. Um, as far as non-fiction is concerned, I, I think I'm just far more likely to see books that have been outlined. I think it's yeah. really just the yeah, nature so, of non-fiction yeah. that people generally have a good idea of their structure. Yeah, it might need to be rejigged a little bit, but not completely yeah. redrawn. And again, mm. I tend to come in later, copy editing like this. And also, your authors are always writing from one viewpoint. Yeah. Like, theirs as the author whereas <laughs> yes. where, where yeah. fiction authors sometimes come undone mm -hmm. is that they've got like five characters and we know who's in we know what's in everyone's head mm -hmm. yeah. and that that can really lead to a sense of amateurishness yeah. so yeah. Mm -hmm. um yeah that answer your question yes Good. how has this turned into tim <laughs> interviewing us that's the podcaster in him that's i know i know yeah. i can't let it go he's like, i need to control this i need to control it so we've been asking everyone we've been interviewing um about their one piece of advice that they would give to self-publishing authors what would you say your biggest piece of advice would be that can be about writing or marketing or, or whatever uh I would say most self-published authors should start with something short. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, this is true about anything, and I, I need to do it. I've got an audio book, my mm -hmm. first audio book. I've got a short audio book, and I need to get around over the fear to actually do that. Yeah. But having something short, it's going to be cheaper. You're going to learn all of the principles of how to do KDP mm -hmm. and the formatting. Mm -hmm. and, and if it goes wrong, it's like, well, and don't do your, I was told this advice about screenplay, don't do your great thing in your head is think the, the best booker yeah, never yeah. well never do like your real passion thing as your first project do yeah. something else yeah hone yeah. your craft and yeah. well also yeah. it comes back to the like you don't want to do your be told your baby is ugly with the, your like most beautiful child you want like the small little one that's gonna be the like the one first yeah exactly yeah <laughs> oh he's the most fun isn't he absolutely yeah oh. yeah so, yeah. I think we could leave it at that. I think we could. What a great way to wrap up. Yeah. Tim, thank you so much yes. for talking That's to us. We hope you enjoyed this author point of view. Thank you so much for listening to the Editing Podcast. You can rate, review and subscribe by your podcatcher. And don't forget to share, share, share. Tell your writer friends, your editor friends, your business friends, basically anyone who writes. And if you have any questions, please do get in touch with us via the Editing Podcast Facebook page. If you ask us, we promise we'll answer. And we've put all the links mentioned in today's interview in the show notes so you can grab everything there. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.